We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris and everybody, listeners, friends, family, we are back on location for the first time in so long. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. We are drinking a beer. This is Patrick's <laughs> first beer in how many days? Three days. Uh, the last beer I had was uh, at Ecliptic on Saturday. And now you just talked about this on the podcast last week, that you're starting Whole30? I'm day three into Whole30. Which is a month of hell. Uh, it's, uh, we're cutting out, we cut out all soy, gluten, uh, grains, uh, dairy, and processed added sugars. Which is basically everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. There you go. Uh, we get to eat meat. That's good. Uh, so I'm into that. Delicious meat. Yes. Yeah, but no cheese. Uh, and everything, is surprisingly, has soy in it. Now, the good news is I am kind of cheating a little bit um, in the sense that you're not supposed to drink alcohol. Mm. Uh, but I have had... Also, beer has gluten in it. Usually. Yes, yes, I do. I do understand that. So I get... Uh, outside of the podcast, I'm allotted five beers a week. Uh, which is better than five beers a day. <laughs> which is what the normal going rate for you was. <laughs> and uh, I might dabble every once in a while. Today's the first day I've had a drink since Saturday. So you're saying this first beer is going to hit you a little harder than you expect? Probably. You know, I'm going to have I'm gonna dabble a little bit in some gin, a little bit in tequila, but only soda water and, like, fresh lime, mm, okay. fresh juices. I don't like tequila or gin. This would be really difficult for me. Yeah, because you can't do brown liquor. And that's my favorite well, kind of liquor. Well, you're not supposed to do really any alcohol. <laughs> but, like, let's be real here. It's pandemic, and my name is P. Mother and Harris. <laughs> and I like to drink. So we are at Lombard House out in St. John's. This is my first time here. Uh, also my first time meeting Brian, who opened the doors for us today. The wonderful Brian Cook. The world could use more Brian Cooks in because the world. Brian was on the episode that I was back in Jersey in August. Correct. Where you faded out the entire podcast <laughs> at the end by accident. That's why I'm not the producer. <laughs> and um, so I didn't get a chance to meet him. And he's from Philly. And he, he knows Jersey well. So we were talking beforehand. But we are actually here today. Not for Brian. We thank Brian. We are here today to talk to... Annie Aviles and Anna Buxton, who are going to be on the brewing team of the soon-to-open Steeplejack Brewing, which is opening in an old church out on Northeast Broadway. And I looked it up before we came here today because I hadn't heard about it yet. And this place looks really, 
really cool. It's it's got that. It, it's like it's that concept that McMinimins does, sort of thing of like taking old places and renovating it. But this is to a whole new level. I mean, like the pictures I've seen, tanks are literally like in the heart of the church, right? And I think that is pretty cool well even even the picture it's unlike had, anything else i don't know if it was like it's already being built out like this or it was purely the uh, the um uh, what's the word for the fake setup of the pictures like the whatever you know just oh, like, like oh, aesthetics or yeah this is what it's going to look like oh, okay and it was so cool looking because the you know the, the church had different little rooms off the side and they're going to make each of those rooms to sit down in and right in the middle of the church is this huge rounded bar and it was just, I was like, man, that looks like a really fun place to drink. Especially now that we get all these breweries that, like we talked about many moons ago in the in the brewery look episode, uh, they all look the same. Right. right. They all have the exposed ceilings. High and ceilings, industrial look, they all look up windows. Over, yep, they took over <clears throat> an old industrial building and they turned it into a brewery. Except for McMinimins, that's almost universally what happens. Right. And this is one of those where it's just, it's unique. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen with breweries not named McMinimins. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It, it's something new and fresh, and I think, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, we don't want the beer scene in this town to get stale, and so something like that is a completely fresh new idea. Yeah, to keep things fun and entertaining because you know the the beer in the glass is you know at its at its highest level right now, and I hope it can get better. But who knows if it can get better. As a whole. Uh, so the environment, the experience, that's all fair game. I guess that's that a good be point. anything. I never really thought about that because, yeah, the, the top of the top breweries in the like, state. Yeah, like is Vaughn Ebert, Breakside, They're really upright, good already. You know, are I mean, these beers really going to get better? They're as close to perfect <laughs> you know, as you can get, We're in good right? shape. <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, some of the, you know, some of the, some of the breweries out there that, that aren't quite on that level in terms of quality can rise to the top, but as far as the bar, the bar is set. I don't know how much higher the bar can go. So, realistically, what we're looking at now is a raise in accessibility and a raise in experience. And I think this is something that experience is going to be taken to another level. So, we're going to be talking to both of them coming up here in the interview portion of the podcast. But before we get to that, let's get some of the the admin stuff out of the way. You can find us most places. You can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Omni, Odyssey app, 1080thefan.com, Stitcher, I think that's everything. Uh, Instagram.com slash beers and us is our main Instagram page. That is our hub that we are on most. We do have a Twitter and a Facebook that we don't really update quite that much, but uh, we do have it if you'd like to follow us. Still there. locked out of Facebook just to give <laughs> you uh, give you all an update out there. At beers on us pod on Twitter and then Facebook.com slash beers on us. And subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. It uh, helps us out and download those episodes. And yeah, DM us on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it helps and it, you know, it lets us know what you're drinking and what you're thinking and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, weekend beer-wise, for me, was uh, nothing crazy. I did find, and I was very happy to see this, I found a six-pack of Elliott IPA at Safeway. hey And it was two weeks old. Whoa! It was a... Uh, That's most likely coming from uh, New Mexico, too. Probably. It was... Uh, when I bought it, I bought it last Saturday, and it was, I think, April 8th was the date? Something like that. And I was like, ooh, I haven't seen Elliot. In six packs, and then I looked under, and I was like, "Ooh, it's really fresh too." Okay, and it's tasting really good. I'm really, really enjoying that one. 
That's great. I haven't had that beer in a while. I haven't. I definitely haven't had it since they switched to six packs. So that that's that's exciting to it's, hear. It's uh, it's one of those where I haven't had it in a while either. I think the last time I had it was probably the fresh hop version of it, and I, I've been having kind of a hit or miss getting a fresh beer at Safeway, but not all of them have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of moment, and I have one in there right now that I'm, I'm drinking, and it's fine. It's not spectacular. And then I got the Elliot, and I was like, oh. If they have this every time I go to Safeway and it's somewhat fresh, I'm buying this every time I come to Safeway. <laughs> it's always great to be able to stockpile on those go-tos. Yep. And then I also uh, tried the new Bale Breaker Selection Series, Okay, which was a hazy this time. It's the number six. This was a fantastic hazy. Really? Yes. Oh. It was one that I-, I keep trying hazies. I keep trying to be good. I really, really, really want to find ones that I like and appreciate a style that so many people like, even though I've had trouble with it. And I still struggle most of the time. Uh, like I said last week, I had the two um, ferment, top mm. ferments that were hazies, and they were both eh, kind of middling. This one was really good. And it, and it reminds me, because I, I accidentally got a hazy from Bill Breaker when they were doing their Clarity Rarity series. Right, right. I think they've mixed... The selection series and clarity rarity into one. Okay. <laughs> because now they're doing both hazies and regulars in the selection series. <laughs> okay. And I remember drinking that because I was like, oh, clarity, it's going to be clear. And it wasn't. Uh, it was good, though. And this one, it, 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 you wouldn't like it as much because it was heavy on the pineapple flavor. Um, but it, it didn't have, it wasn't overly soft. Okay. And it was, uh, it had some bitterness in it. And I think because of that is why I liked it so much. It was hazy. Um, and it was softer, and you could really get kind of the fruit flavors out of the hops really well. But generally speaking, it wasn't a juice bomb, and it didn't taste chalky, and I was really happy with it. Yay! Go Bill Breaker! Yes, go well, Bill Breaker. I mean, you live in a sea of hops. You might as well do something with it. <laughs> uh, my week in beer, uh, I don't really, uh, since Thursday, I don't really have a lot to attest to. I did, uh, my coolest thing is on Saturday, my girlfriend and I went out and kind of celebrated our last day of freedom. And so we went to Ecliptic. Last day of freedom? Before Whole30. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we went to Ecliptic for our last day of, of non-Whole30 freedom. And uh, I got the Vienna Lager collab with Chuckanut, mm-hmm. which they poured me in a big Pilsner glass, which you know me. I was really, really excited about. I've had that out of the can. It is quite good. I think I posted that picture on uh, on the Instagram. And then I got something that I didn't even notice when I first got there because I saw the Vienna was like, well, I like I like to start with lagers and then I go to hoppy beers. And so then I was looking at it. They have a taster tray of four different quote-unquote beers. It is Starburst, the regular flagship Starburst, okay. and then it is three different ver- variants of Starburst dry hopped with a different single hop. Kind of like the Block 15 series we did. Interesting. That they did that we covered. Yes. So I got Starburst dry hopped with Amarillo. Okay. And then Mosaic and then Simcoe. And then the classic. And then the classic. Okay. And I'll tell you what. If Which you, one was the best? If you, I'll get to that. If okay. you, if you out there listen, and I know Mike, you're really into this stuff, and I was really into it too because it reaffirmed a lot of my uh, beliefs prior to it on what different hops taste like. If you are somebody that is really kind of struggles with how to identify hops, this was so straightforward and so obvious to me that it was. I really, really enjoyed it. The Amarillo was clearly an Amarillo flavor. Got to the Mosaic felt really good about the mosaic and then i even turned to my girlfriend and i was like 
This is going to be a real big test for me just to make sure my palate's not wonky. <laughs> this one's Simcoe, and I have a really, I firmly believe in what I'm about to taste in this beer. Took a little sip and was like, booyah, Simcoe. <laughs> uh, I don't know which one I liked the most, honestly. Because Which one? You liked the... Uh uh, the Citra the best out of the Block 15s? Is that is that right? Either that or the Strata. Because I, I, I was the Centennial on that one. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's tough. I think I liked, I think I liked the Mosaic the best. My man. But I think it's because that's kind of what, how Mosaic lends itself and the way it was used in this beer. It was the most balanced of the three. Uh, it was probably the softest in terms of hop character coming out you it was the i don't want to say least expressive because that sounds like it didn't quite give you what you wanted but amarillo is a very potent flavor to me and simcoe outside of galaxy are is one of the most recognizable hops for my palate yeah i really liked the simcoe but i think the mosaic was the most balanced i thought it was really cool <clears throat> and I would, <clears throat> excuse me, I would really highly suggest getting down there. And I had the little, the regular one next to it, and I would kind of sip it as I was tasting the others. Like a little palate cleanser? Yeah, and just kind of see what the what the, the finished product looks like outside of these. Now, I don't know if Amarillo, Mosaic, Simcoe are uh, hops they use in Starburst. I'm not sure about that. But I thought it was a great expression of the hops to just kind of see what different what flavors different hops bring? I would imagine those are the hops they use, which is why they would make it that series. Yeah, that, that would make sense to me. It would, it would, but who but, knows? John's crazy. Well, because John it, does what John wants. I guess that's true. <laughs> but in the Block Fifteen one, wasn't? Oh, I guess no. I guess those were pure single hop ones. But they did say like this is used in sticky hands, and this is used in this, and this right. is used in that. Uh, Spoiler yeah. alert: everything's in sticky well, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the one thing one thing before we get into the interview portion of this is that Washington County is now going the way of Multnomah County and Clackamas County and 15 others, or Adios. I guess 12 others. Uh, starting this Friday, Washington County indoor dining and gyms and all that kind of stuff is being closed too. And uh, I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Well, because, that, because I was... for bragging. That's, well, yeah. And I didn't even <laughs> take advantage of it. I had an extra week. And I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, so I suppose we could take, I could take advantage of it before Friday. But I was like, ha, 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 I'm still going to be able to go to restaurants indoors. And yeah, now it's, now it's closing on Friday. Well, it's a gorgeous day. It is going to be this, 70 On today. this Tuesday. So hopefully some good weather comes around and we can still support support the, uh, the places that we love. I have to work at Grains tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm closing the the grains on Williams. We have four tables. Well, I was going to say that's a very small place. Yeah, right? yeah, it, so. it's a small place to begin with, and so we have four tables. And I haven't seen it since the shutdown, so it'll be it'll be interesting how that shift goes. I f- I kind of feel like we're just in early summer, even though it's only May. And uh, global warming, my friend. Well, I know, but it you know it. I thought the rain came back, and I was like, oh, we're going to get back into the rain. Thank no, God, it came back. It's 69 today, 82 tomorrow on Woo! Wednesday. And then uh, it's going to be cool and rainy for two days, and then we're going to be in the 70s next week. So I think, you know what? Outdoor dining is going to be fine. I'm going to sit outside on some patios and <clears throat> not drink. Well, you're going to drink one beer. I got five beers. You get five beers. It's Tuesday, and I haven't wasted one. Well, that's true, and podcast doesn't count. Podcast doesn't count. So it behooves you over the course of this month to get as many on-location podcasts as you can so that we can drink as many beers as you want on that day. Yes, yes, yes. Right now, uh, right now I'm drinking the Mountain Rescue Pale from Good Life. Same that I am. Same yeah. as you. Yep. Uh, 
Brian Cook, our wonderful friend here at Lombard House, who we can't say enough great things about, was so kind to let us record this podcast here because construction doesn't end until 4 at Steeplejack because we wanted to go there, uh, but but we have time commitments after that. This is the best day for it, so Brian was gracious enough to open up Lombard House. Uh, one other final note, personal note, uh, all of you locals here who have been here for many years will have probably experienced this. I never have. The way it took me to get here, I didn't realize we were in St. John's. We're, yeah, yeah. We are dead square in the middle of St. John's You got right it, now. baby. Uh, I live in Beaverton, and I was expecting to, you know, go down 26 and cut up and take 405 to 30 and go around. Yeah. And uh, it was like, no, 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 that's going to take you 40 minutes. You're going to go this way. I had never been this way. It took me behind Forest Park. Yep. And it took me up Skyline yep. all the way to Germantown. It was such a cool drive. I do that. I used to do that There's drive. There's so many mansions up there. It's insane. <laughs> I used to. So a uh, little pull behind the curtain. When I worked at Breakside at Slabtown during COVID, and there was nothing to do because everything was closed. I mean, I guess we're still in COVID, but like June, May and June, those, yeah, early, those early months of COVID, uh, it, was, it was just me working a shift, and I had nothing to do. I couldn't go drink anywhere, so I just would get in the truck, and I would put some tunes on. My shift was at 4 o'clock, and I would leave the house at 2 and just drive all through Skyline, Germantown, Forest Gro- Forest Park, and all yeah. that stuff. And it's so beautiful out there. I'm glad you got to experience it. It was cool, and uh, I drove past, like, two restaurants that seemed like they were completely in the middle of nowhere. Like, one was Skyline Restaurant. Skyline Tavern. Uh, well, there's two of them. There was Skyline Restaurant, and then there was Skyline Tavern, and then there was another one that was closed down. Mm. It was, like, a uh, dilapidated building. And I was like... Do enough people live over here that this place is going to be able to be successful? <laughs> they look old. Like, it looks like they've been there for a while. Skyline Tavern is one of my favorite places in Portland. They've been closed the entire pandemic, so I'm really hoping they open back up. Is that the one that under the sign it said, otherwise known as The View? Yes. Okay. Because Skyli- so. Skyline Restaurant under it, it said, best burgers in, the, in Portland. Yeah. And that was that was closer to Beaverton. Like, that was, I was on Cornell, and then right as I got onto Skyline, that's where, there, where that was. And, uh, and yeah. So Sometimes you can find some fresh fruit vendors out there. Interesting. Yeah, so you can buy some fresh, like, blackberries. I also have the uh, fear of, oh, there's a biker and there's no shoulder, and i got to uh, be very yes. careful. <laughs> yep, you got to be careful with the cyclists out there. Uh, and I was I was nervous because there were so many sharp turns. I was like, I'm, I'm going slow, but am I going to come up on a biker just, like, huffing and puffing up this <laughs> hill, and there's going to be a school bus over there? What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> well, they're going to die. I'm in a car. Someone's going to die. <laughs> All right. Let's get our guests in here, Anna Buxton and Annie Aviles, uh, the brewing team at Steeplejack Brewery, which is open up this summer. Can't wait. We'll get to that next on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, interview portion time here on Beers on Us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. We are now joined by the two lead brewers. Of the new Steeplejack Brewery? Is that how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name Me. you guys? Sure, yeah. Starting. So it's a little... It, Annie and I dogs. were joking about this earlier because it sounds so like doctor, doctor, when it's just the two of us. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, head brewer and lead brewer. We're like, who are you in charge of? In each other? Yourselves? Yeah. Like, <laughs> But as we grow our brand and our business, it will make more sense and... Um, We'll have different responsibilities and things, but so for now, just for now, you guys are the head cheese brewers. Yeah, we're brewers at we're the <laughs> at the soon to open Coach. Steeplejack Brewing, which is going to be over on Northeast Broadway in an old church. And I saw the renderings, and it looks sick on the inside. <laughs> uh, just the way the the bar is set up, 
and all the little rooms on the side and stuff like that. Uh, so we're sitting down with Annie Aviles and Anna Buxton. Anna comes from Modern Times. Annie comes from Breakside. And um, you guys are going to be taking over the Steeplejack Rain for a new brewery. And I guess I'll start by asking simply, what was it about this project that excited you guys so much to, to leave where you were? You guys. That's a, I mean, that's a really good question because we both had these really, like, cherry gigs in Portland Brewing. So, yeah. uh, really. Benny's, PTO. Right? Yeah. Access well, also, to quality beer. You know what? I'm over that. You know, I could bring my dog to work, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Lucky. I wouldn't get any work done if I brought my dog. So, <laughs> that would be a mistake. Or I'd try to put him in, like, PPE and be like. Well, there's 30 people at Breakside that'll play with her dog while she's yeah. busy working. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I think the biggest part that first drew me to Steeplejack, um, honestly, like, any new brewery opening in Portland in amongst, uh, you know, second COVID summer is pretty wild. But the vision for the space and the vision for the consumer, like the community kind of old school pub model that they're really hoping to recapture mm-hmm. um, was really enticing to me. And also, I mean, you walk into that space too and it's hypnotizing. It's holy as hell, right? And it's just like the glass and the light and... That should be just, the slogan for the brewery. Right? Holy as hell. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. That is it's, actually pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's cool as hell. Like you walk in and so the, you know, when I was first meeting with Brody to talk about it and he kind of walked me through his whole vision for the space and you walk in and immediately you're hit with brew house to your right, the steeple above you and it kind of sets this tone, right? And then you walk in and there's all these little pockets for kind of intimate meetings. So you, if you're sitting there and having a beer, you can sit on some couches and it feels like you're in your living room. Or there's big tables if you're going to go with, you know, your nieces and your nephews and your friends and all this stuff and sit at these big long tables and kind of share in this community that, especially for this last, you know, last summer, we didn't really get to have. So a lot of people are really starving for that. Um, and hopefully as we move into these, this new phase of COVID will be able to have that sense of community again. And so I think that's a huge part of what drew me into the project. Agreed. Um, all right, that's it. Good <laughs> podcast, guys. Let's get out of here. Said enough, said it all. Um, I mean, for me, definitely one of the major things was coming off, probably Anna can agree with this too, like a production job where we're brewing our core brands, like 80% of the time, maybe seasonally a few fun things to keep us on our toes, but something that's going to be ours from the bottom up, coming up with something, playing off the community and the consumers and what they like and what we like, yeah. what we like to drink. Um, we were just saying earlier, we just want to coax people into drinking the beers that we want to feed them. Belgian quads. Absolutely. Belgian quads. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like establishing a nice base. Hey, 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 It's contending for top five, which has yeah. always been kind of old school English pub beers. And all of a sudden yeah. this delicious smoked snack. Well, is well, let me ask you to this. Me all confused. And, you know, reach back to your history and, and how, how you've gotten to here. I'm curious obviously the exciting aspects i'm also curious about the fears because this is both your first time in this kind of role right absolutely so is it something you always desired to be because i know production is very different than this so is being a head brewer lead brewer kind of running your own show is that something you've always wanted is this the right situation what brought you to this place 
Yeah, I mean, making your own beer and like being able to decide all this recipe development things, like being the main decision maker, I guess, in your brewery has always been a major goal, at least for myself and I know for Annie mm-hmm. as well. You know, um, we both kind of have foodie brains. And so even though we have very different backgrounds, that's always been kind of the main pinnacle focus is uh, recipe development for sure. Um, I think the biggest fear that I have had going through this whole process and starting off, you know, fresh is that there's so many people that this is their dream, especially Brody, you know, Um, Brody and Dustin, like this has been kind of a thing that they've really worked so hard on and put so much sweat equity into um, on top of just the money investment and that like they see Annie and I for the ability and the things that we can do and um, me- meeting those expectations, especially uh, for them. But then also like the people, like our buddies and stuff, like the people that we want to share beer with. Like we all in Portland, like we all make good beer and we want to make great beer. And so how do you kind of push that extra, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I would say the biggest worry is like, uh, what what is that called? Imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. some like deep rooted imposter syndrome. That you think you know. I tricked what you're everyone into about. giving me this job, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. gonna figure you it out. You think you know, but you don't actually know anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually know. Well, well, if it fails, right. if yeah. it fails, just start a podcast because I pretend <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. You know, once a week here, download yeah. wherever you get your podcasts. I'm just I'm just real worried yeah. that everyone's real gonna smooth, discover <laughs> I'm three raccoons in a trench coat, not actually <laughs> a human person. And they're gonna know that something's gonna happen. Please, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's totally that. It's the imposter syndrome of I've never actually had this role before and this amount of responsibility. Can I do it? Um, there's only one real way to find out. The biggest fear I think is opening up in such an uncertain time in the industry, let alone small business, let alone humanity. Absolutely. Um, just seeing the pivoting that everyone has done and our colleagues and how we've adapted, you know, 10 times over in the past year and a half. Like, how are we going to come out with a certain plan and how are we going to pivot when we, we're coming into this in the middle of such a time um, and we don't have something established that we can see as, like, our main way of kind of like existing like oh yeah, yeah. I remember like when we were you know back to normal days two years ago Jack, yeah like, we don't <laughs> have that like we don't have something to compare to sure yeah um that's really it for me I think one thing that's tough especially in this city is being able to differentiate yourself because of the amount of breweries there are and the amount of great breweries yeah, there are. Yeah, 100%. But what you guys are doing, at least in the space aspect of it, is only done by McMinimins. Like, most breweries sure, in yeah. this city are... are we, Some, like, historical place. Sure, We've 100%. talked about this, that 95% of the breweries in this town are old warehouses with the exposed ceilings and the modern look, and they all look very similar. Roll-up doors. Yeah, warehouse. Look, it, it's a great industrial. Yeah. It's a great vibe. Feels good. And we yeah. all love it. But it's all the same. You go to one place, you go to the other, it's, ah, I'm in a brewery. And one way to differentiate yourself is by opening an old church and becoming a destination, not just for the beer and the food, but also for the location, which Mm -hmm. is what has allowed the minimums to succeed for so long because of all of the properties they own. How much thought, and this might not have been your guys' decision or part of it, but how much thought or consideration do you give to that alone as being a special reason to kind of have early success when you guys open? A lot. At least, yeah. Um, Because, I mean, first off, it's when you go into the space, it's hypnotizing. It's so beautiful. And you kind of just get this like 
sense of quiet and chill all at the same time. It's very cool to be in there. It still smells um, like a church. And it's still, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and it's I had a dream, so I have weird dreams from time to time, and I'm a musical person. Uh, I was thinking about this podcast uh, as I was going to bed last night. Okay, what are we going to ask? What are we going to do? Da-da-da-da-da. And I... I have this had this vision while I was sleeping of somebody playing pump organ in the church while you're making beer, <laughs> I would singing die. to mm. the tanks. Mm. Yeah, uh, but like playing like Enter Sandman mm-hmm. by Metallica or it's true. We'll play know, music for the, the cool beer stuff for sure. like that. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven on the pump yeah. organ. Death metal would work. No, sure. So are you well, available okay. on Fridays? To yeah, <laughs> to come sing to our beer from four to eight. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I read this study like a very long time ago that kind of fucked me up a little bit. I hope it's okay uh, <laughs> that I swear a lot. But um, so th- apparently there was this like sci- Japanese scientist that did the study on swamp water. Have you guys heard about this? No. no. Okay. So he took these different samples of swamp water. This is like a, a crude kind of overview of what happened. But basically, so he takes these little algae samples essentially and to each of them in kind of in controlled environments, he says nice things, mean things, and then nothing. And the samples that he said like really kind things to had positive growth and then the things that he said negative things to it had a lot of bacteria growth and didn't really grow the healthy algae and then the neutral things grew but not at the, as fast of a rate as the nice things and that thought has fucked me up because yeast is alive <laughs> so uh it's I, listening to hopefully you. your yeast is alive oh, right yeah so i like have this thing where i have to walk and look at all the tanks and even i just think it but i also like give them a little pat sometimes if no one's around i'll be like you're doing a great job and <laughs> the moral support yeah and Good. i also think that the beer so if you could follow the same logic, it can hear the music you're playing, Sing right? to it, yeah. I know we have been making better batches of Wanderlust because I've been playing so much Doja Cat. There you go. It has to be true. That is 100%. And you got the new Sonos in there. <laughs> and we got the new Sonos. So it can actually hear it. It's not oh muffled. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So those, these yeast and tanks are so happy. <laughs> uh, so our yeast is going to be some, like, <laughs> metalhead slash... Uh, just really great hip hop, I think, is probably <laughs> going to be perfect fueling. So I guess this slides into it. I'm curious your thoughts in the beginning as you guys are st- starting to transfer into this. What is going to be as far as the beer is concerned? Because I think we know the name Steeplejack. We kind of got an idea of the pubs. Yeah. And you've talked about we want to make beer that we like, that we want to share with people. Walk me through whether it's specific styles, specific region, uh, barrel programs, like long term, short term. What is going to be the beer's identity between you two? Yeah. So I think it's definitely going to be a, uh, an amalgam of Annie and I. And mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason why, like, I think we were both kind of chosen for these roles is that we have such different backgrounds. And so uh, for us, I would say definitely, you know, like what you would think of for classic pub beers in England, Scotland, Belgium, Germany, you know, like low ABV, sort of whatever. Something yellow, something, something yeah, Beer flavored beer, essentially. But beer also. Beer flavored beer. Yeah. yeah. I'm, but, I'm really into that. <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as easy to find these days. No, And for it's sure. honestly, truly very difficult to do. But, uh, so I think that's a big part of it. But then also, like, we're very adventurous with ingredients and flavors, too. So I think the, the main goal is going to be to establish, like, we're able to make good beer, like, trust us. And then it's going to, you know, experimenting with malts and different adjuncts, you know, like using different botanicals and so spirit will, aging. And so you will go heavy experimentation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there will always be baseline beer. So sure. our, basically our overall game plan is to have 
So we have 16 taps, and some of them are going to be designated as guest taps because we also want to, it's community. We want to share, and sure. like our peers make good beer too, and our buddies make good beer. And so we want to have these guest taps, mostly with breweries we're collaborating with, but also for fun, you know. But then also, uh, so we're planning on having four of the beers kind of always be the same, and that, if everything goes well, will be a Northwest Pale, a Hazy, uh, a Pilsner, or I mean a table beer, excuse me, and an English Mild. So that way, you can try one of our fun beers, but you can always fall back if you know you like something malty or if you know you like something The English Mild poppy. making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It could, it might be the most perfect beer if the Irish dry stout did not exist. Ah, ah that's your that, jam. Yep. That's that the is, perfect beer yep. for you. Yep. I can talk lengths about yep. why, specific, I mean, if I had, if genuinely, if I had my choice, I'd pick Beamish. However, Guinness is, is also very good. Uh, um, I am a staunch, despite, you know, for those out there listening that listen to this podcast, Mike is the dark beer drinker. Yep. Ooh, Mike is the bless malt. You. Bless you, sir. Mike <laughs> is the malt forward drinker in general. <laughs> <clears throat> he's, the, he's the malt in general to where I'm, more of the hops and we kind of meet in the middle with the crispies with the lagers um but even our lager tastes differentiate yeah totally yeah as uh, they should but, but a dry irish stout Can we just call it mike's stout what <laughs> what what just release a stout and call it mike's stout. oh that would be yeah, nice there you go <laughs> I, know I, I would be Truly I'm mike into stout. It. he works for craft canning lo- and he might craft cry canning. his name is mike stout <laughs> i would be honored if you did that <laughs> yeah. but i will say this a, so are you going sweet or dry on your stout are you oh going i like i like all of them but i'm a barrel aged stout guy most uh, first yeah. and foremost he likes the sweetness Ooh, yeah it but is not good pastry right you're no, not a pastry the boy. pastry stout uh, is too much i'm talking i'm talking but if you can but if you can make me a four three four four dry Irish stout, girl. I'll be there every day. Yeah, yes, good. Actually, I had probably one of the best dry stouts I've had in a very very long time from Ruse. Um, I ordered boys. one because I will always buy one when I see it, mm-hmm. even if I know it's not going to be very good, just because I want, I'm like, good job, keep doing it, because that's how mm-hmm. we get good, right? I don't care if it sucks, I, but uh, keep making it. I will, it. I will. That's but great. I, it was good enough that I, I think I drank like three or four, which normally I'm like a... I'm one and I'm good. I have the, cheers in general. I had so. the ferment. The roos is the way to go. I had the ferment this Ferments last weekend, is too. Good. I did have the, the ferment, can. too. I was yeah. about to say. That one's in the good. can? Yeah. What? Yeah, they, it's yeah. nitro. Yeah. Holy shit. Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it in the I've only ever seen those sweet, sweet, like, uh, minimalist bottles. Yeah, no, they're canning everything now. Yeah, they're canning. Yeah. They're stubbies or something. Yeah. How much of the hype beers are you going to follow? Are you going to kind of just... You know, Ooh. go what away do you from mean by that. Hype? Yeah, what does hype mean to you? Well, it started at least when we did this podcast. Hazy started as the hype beer, right? Like when sure. Hazy's broke on the scene, everyone was making a million hazies, and now it's all it's 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 shifting to the lactose beers sure. and the smoothie, smoothie sours, fruit additions, uh, yeah. pastry stouts. How much of that are you going to? want to do how much of that do you feel like you need to do because of what the customer wants yeah or is it purely just going to be like i don't care about those styles i'm not making it so i think a lot of it will be what consumers want certainly however i think that it won't be our focus by any means however like doing fun and ridiculous beer with lots of fun you know botanicals and barrel aging and things like that um, I think that will be our style of hype yeah. beer. Those, that's going to be what we're going to hype people up on. Um, that being said, though, I, we found out that we're going to have a soft serve machine 
in our tap room what? for kids. Yeah, so there's going to be like a sprinkle bar. I mean, for like adults that. too, I hope, uh, right? Yeah, and instantly I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I'm definitely making pastry stout because <laughs> uh, beer floats is my business. Yeah. yeah. And then also, I mean, because it's going to have the coffee shop too. And so yeah. there's, uh, which um, Dustin Harder, he's the one kind of controlling that. So I don't know a whole lot what's going on with it, but he's like the coffee guy for sure because he doesn't drink and um, he's one of the owners and so there's definitely going to be coffee and things like that. I mean, coffee and beer go perfect together. And so, um, yeah, I guess, what do you think, Annie? Like, as far as, I think our hype beer is like going to be, it's going to be hypey, but it's going to be like our flavor hypey. So it's going to be like yeah. a little witchy and a little. I mean, for me, it's like, when I think of hype, I think it's just like, you've done something ridiculous to the beer in terms of the ingredient. Um, and I'm just going to like mimic what I've just been surrounded by at Breakside and Ben. Uh, he sure. likes to do crazy things in terms of process. Um, yeah, so he'll just introduce his process to us, and it'll be something like we've never done before. And I think instead of playing off those crazy ingredients, fruit addition, lactose, oat milk, <coughs> um, mochis, I guess people put that in beer. I was now. there Everything. at like Mochi. the kind of the beginning of <laughs> of Ben and Dylan at Slabtown really toying with the idea of lactose and hazies. Yeah. And at first I was like, like a what milkshake are, IPA? I, no, that's what I thought. At first I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't yeah. do this. And Ben was like, no, 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 no. It's like a little milk sugar because I want it for the body. I want it to do this, this, this. And you're kind of like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the process, and I think that's, I think that's the biggest difference. I think you can make something, you can make like a hazy IPA and throw a little milk sugar in it, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a hype beer. It is like you said, taking ingredients and using them in a different way to achieve things you couldn't normally achieve or something you want to test out. I think what everybody gets scared about is the milkshakes. Sure, like yeah. that's what. That's what terrifies me. Because it doesn't look. That's like what terrifies beer. That's me. Why it's so yeah, scary. when I like, walk into a place and I see a table and they've got smoothie lactose sours and it's like gripping to the edge and not in the lacing <laughs> way. Or when you get and a I feel warning. Like, and I feel like I can't drink here. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm like, oh, I can't well, it, drink here. It's kind of like the Instagram Instagramification of beer. It's yeah. like this looks yeah. beautiful in a picture, and it's going to make people want to drink Kimmy it. Kimmy right? Well, so it is. Um, it's beer for babies, genuinely. I think that beer beer is for everyone, which, so our as of now, our target is to make our beer vegan, um, which will make it difficult because then you can't use lactose, of course. But other than that, process-wise, oh, no. it's fair. I know. Oh. <laughs> so we'll just have to, so like, my, so uh, I guess like a f funny story. Uh, when it's good I good thing first you like dry Irish stouts oh, and not, it's a good thing you weren't like milk stouts. Milk stouts. <laughs> no, uh, when I first started with Modern Times, it was maybe my second or third week um i was like i worked like the later shift or whatever and i was cleaning up and i sat down and had a shift beer um because i was trying to taste through our tap list because i was fairly unfamiliar with a lot of our beer and uh there's someone this lady sits down next to me and she's got a flight of tasters and she had this one beer that was just puree like it was literally just a glass and it was that i was clinging mm -hmm. to the sides and i was like what is that and she was like, oh, it's this beer. And I was like, do you like it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, cool, I'm not going to make an issue with her. Got up and I asked, to, you know, talk to the bartender. And I was like, hey, I think there's something wrong with one of the beers. It's pouring all fruit. And he was like, no, it's supposed to be like that. It's, it's a smoothie beer. And I was like, what is a smoothie beer? I had never <laughs> just, 
just coming from rock bottom and stuff, I was like, I had never even heard of that. Like, we're still making. You're just fermenting puree out. No idea what that even meant. And so then I I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So it's supposed to be like that. Like, that's my nightmare. That sounds horrible. (laughs) But you you learn and stuff and figure out how to do it right. And like, certainly they can be delicious. However, they're like, it's, uh, yeah, it's beer for babies for sure. (laughs) Anna Bucks and Annie Avila sitting down with us from uh, Steeplejack Brewing opening up this summer. How are you guys planning for opening up during what's still going to be some of the COVID stuff? I think all of us are a little disappointed or very disappointed that indoor is shutting down again uh, for Multnomah and Clackamas and Washington County this week. For at least a month, it looks like. Um, Really? You know, it it seems like, you know, we look across the country, a lot of states have opened up a lot more, and Oregon is being very, very cautious and conservative about it. But with all of what's going on, how how important is the timing of it, and what are you guys trying to do to plan for both normal if we ever get back to that quote unquote, and you know what we're living in right now? Yeah. So right now, we're going forward as if we will be open by mid July, because um, that's kind of our our time point. We're planning on hoping to have a loose opening. That's a good day. First of July, and then July is when we're hoping to open. Um, so we're kind of moving forward with that. But uh, Steeplejack's an all indoor space. Um, yep. When you're in it, it won't feel so indoor because it's like four stories high, yep. your ceiling. Uh, but it is indoors, and so that will be, I think our game plan mostly is to kind of roll with it as it comes. Because really <coughs> what's more important to us is opening under the right circumstances, not just opening to open. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, for Brody and Dustin, this has been already, you know, two years kind of in the hole. So, like, they're, if they have to wait a little extra time for our the perfect opening scenario, I think that's more important than trying to like rush to open and then um, ruining our kind of like first impressions with people. Because I think the big conversation that we've all been having with each other is everyone will come to Steeplejack because they want to see it. It's beautiful, you know? How do you get people to come back after they've seen it and then they taste your beer and it's subpar? You're going to get people in the door no matter what. Yeah. 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 People will try it out one time. Tourists will try it out one time. And I think that's the... The thing that um, sometimes other breweries that have beautiful locations struggle with is it's like, how do you get people back? Because um, that's more important to us is having repeat customers and having tourists. We're definitely catering to our community, not to <coughs> people from, you know, visiting from far away. So, uh, And we've, and you know, and, and we've seen it, I won't name names, but we've seen how the tourism does really well for some breweries in this town, but it lacks a little bit of the respect amongst your peers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. That it's like, if you're not catering to the community and you're just catering to the almighty dollar, you right. might run into a little <laughs> bit, of, might run into a little bit of a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely not where the soul of Steeplejack is that it's really focused um, on making beer for, for our neighbors, <clears throat> for our friends, for our community, you know, like making beer and shipping it far, far away is great. And certainly a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, that's just not the difficult thing that we are doing. We're doing a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, just like we kind of lucked out with the space in and of itself. It's like, but then you look at people like Upright or Commons Part 1. Yes. Or. Um, I miss Commons Part oh. 1. Yeah, like early. Commons Part 1. Early oh. I never got to experience the Commons. Oh. I wasn't here for them. them. And the space. How occidental. Just Occidental. down the street yeah, from us still sure. to this space this itself day. is not something necessarily yeah. to write home about, but you went there for the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And we just happened to have this really cool space. And I, I mean, I'm not going to compare 
Anna and I's skills to that of <laughs> Sean and oh, no. <laughs> and also I mean it's it's really it's a humbling experience to get to have this opportunity you know yeah. and we don't want to <clears throat> fuck it up by doing a bad job <laughs> essentially so well then don't okay? exactly yeah and so in like, be better genuinely and simple, yeah. just don't but and it's great no exactly and it's great because uh, definitely. The other people on our team, uh, you know, Brody and Billy, are both kind of on that same page with us that it's like it's better to pay a little more, to take a little more time and do it right uh, because it's it's equally their dream as much as it is ours. So, well, I can't get you I can't get you two out of here without without diving into this. Uh, anybody that knows me, uh, I'm a staunch supporter, you know, when it comes equal rights, equal representation, things like that. So I want to talk women in beer real quick. And I'm kind of, I'm I'm starting to outline, yeah. I'm starting to outline this thing. There's a future project for the podcast that I've been kind of kicking around the head for about a year or so of doing a longer feature on this. But now that I have the opportunity with you two here, I want to dive into it. And we don't have to talk necessarily history, your history, but I want to see what your two opinions are, how far we've come and where we are more specifically now when it comes to women in beer, because we've had we've had the Tanyas and the Whitney's help kind of pave a little way locally. Now you've got you've got Lisa, Heater Allen, Maddie, Von Ebert. You know, we have women all over the place in beer right now. You two are taking on a project as two women in charge, taking on a new project that I don't think we've really seen a whole lot of, if anything. Yeah, I'm curious. Right. I'm I'm going to leave it pretty open. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Pressures, excitement, praises, anything. How does it feel to be still pioneering for women in, in, in this male-dominated industry? Sure, yeah. It's something that Annie and I have talked, like, actually, we're just recently talking about, um, where, you know, like, your identity, gender identity, and your job, and these kind of expectations we have on gender roles and how that affects our jobs and I think Annie and I have had pretty similar experiences where it's not as black and white as other jobs may have, which is pretty great. Um, personally, I think the hardest part that I've had to overcome is uh, I look very bubbly and friendly, and sometimes people don't take me seriously. And then well, you said I've the kind F of word four times. On the <laughs> <laughs> and then so, so she's done with her because, beer for all of us. Because, <laughs> because of that, though, I sometimes swing the other way when I'm working and get very serious. And, and so it's like, well, it can turn people away from me because they're like, well, she's just a bitch or whatever. And I would much rather be a bitch than an idiot Certainly. Mm. However, that doesn't phase me when people call me a bitch for sure. But uh, I think that's going to be the hardest part that I see is the naysayers looking at Annie and I and being like, well, they just gave them that job because Mm -hmm. they're two women who applied and, oh, they are like giving them a handout. And it's like, no, Annie and I both had to kind of fight to the nail to get where we got and work harder and smarter. Do you think you think we're still there? You still think people say... You still think people think women can't make beer? For lack of better. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I saw it last week in the tap room, like where I work down in Milwaukee. Um, people come up to me asking if I can bring them a pint. Still, sure. Like, yeah. like you're the waitress. Yeah, like I am the waitress. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it's like one of those things where it's like I, you can't not recognize being a woman in the industry, the beer industry, and that the fact that I've had to work 
harder than most males in the industry, but it's also, I don't want to be seen as a woman in the industry. I just want to be seen as a brewer who you can be make any. good beer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I mean, from my experience, I'm so thrilled to be working with another lady. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like from my personal experience, we're cleaner. We pay better attention to detail. Um, we're better at scheduling. We're nicer and listen to better music. So it's going to be great. <laughs> well, that's debatable. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's debatable, man, man, woman, they, yes. whatever, whatever, whatever your orientation, <laughs> is, that, that, whatever your identity is, that, that, that that's debatable for everyone. Uh, are, are we only. close? Are we close? Close to what? To more acceptance, to more, sure. and I also more think, equal yes. playing field. Yes. Yeah, and I also think, like, at least in my experience, Portland is a lot more willing to accept women in charge, yes. especially in like brewing operations and my mother than is amazing. other places. She's been running my life for my entire life. So <laughs> <laughs> my, my partner is also Mommy amazing, Harris. too. She she keeps me going as well, so <laughs> I've, I've got your back. In all kinds of help. Yeah. yeah. Like in So, for instance, in other places I've worked... Uh, people would interrupt me while I'm working. I mean, because I'm also used to working in kind of like a fishbowl. And so, you know, customers would come into the space thinking they could come in and be like, are you an, an actress working? Are you pretending to be, uh, you know, like, what's going on here? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm brewing. What, do you th- what does it look like I'm doing? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm working. I'm like elbow deep in whatever process I'm in. And they're are you like, stealing the beer? <laughs> well, they want to know the biggest question. I mean, and also the proximity to LA that Long Beach is, like the biggest question was, are you a paid actor? pretend to brew while we're here for the experience and i'm like you think Rock excuse me pay i'm on sorry what shit? yeah yeah it was a you're m- joking no i'm 100 percent serious or you were asked that multiple times oh yes and then the other bit is like if i was working in uh with you know my assistant and he they would come up to him first and ask him questions of and course. things and then he'd be like actually i don't know like he was great too because he's used to having like powerful women around him so he would just kind of be like no that's the one and they'd be like oh or Okay. Oh, uh, and you and I'm like, do you know? Have you ever talked to a person before? Like, what are you talking about? So I think, Por- lady. basically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I think Portland is unique in that we accept more like diverse gender identities in general. But also, I mean, because of that, there's also more extreme. So I think there's going to be people who will straight up not come visit because mm-hmm. it's two women in charge and they think that it was handed to us or whatever. But and also like those men anyways. Exactly. The those, yeah. is those people probably those, are beer drinkers. And they probably yeah. won't go. You know? Honestly, even if they are, they're not going to go. So, and if that's true, I think yeah. that we are setting a tone for our space and it will be inviting yeah. to a certain type of person and disinviting to others. And yeah. that's okay. You know, like not every brewery is for everyone and that's, kind of the beauty of a place like Portland is there's beer for everyone. Yeah. Well, I have to, I can't get you, I, I can't let you go without asking you this, Anna, because of one of our earliest podcasts was with one of my oldest industry friends and you currently work with this person or oh, you're, you're almost done working with this person. Oh shit. So yeah. I have, I have to ask for funsies. How is yes. Conrad? Is he oh. okay? Is he alive? Yes. Okay. Conrad is alive and well. Okay, I good. Think Conrad might be thriving. Okay, good. Uh, Tori, <laughs> yeah. because of COVID, I haven't got to see one of my closest friends in the industry Dude, for a long time. Go to Tulip Shop on any given any day. day. <laughs> uh, there's too many hazies in their and their tulip glasses and or their frozen pints. And I love Treadwell and I love Tulip Shop. Uh, but I, 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 if, I think if uh, I'm in too that many hood, neon lights. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love live, Tulip I Shop. Live in I used that to neighborhood. not, and I do. I I'm live in that neighborhood, and I'm I'm a Cerevisa guy. No offense to. Yeah. It is a good spot. Uh, yeah, Conrad is 
almost 30 flirty and thriving so yeah, yeah he's right. doing good oh uh, well so i worry yeah. about him he's such he, a baby that was so long ago <laughs> we went to culmination with yeah. him yeah, yeah. We, when we had him he was at culmination still yeah right. and i i'm just i when i because i didn't know you worked at modern times because sure. we haven't met before no no and <clears throat> i was like modern times oh conrad I miss my yeah, friend. Yeah, like you look at the moon, and then you imagine Conrad's looking at that same moon. <laughs> and then you're just so connected, and it feels nice. Yeah, it's true. No, actually, that's one of the saddest things, and the hardest part's kind of circling back to what uh, was hard about kind of leaving our kick-ass jobs to start this new mm. venture is I worked with people I really respected mm. and genuinely liked, which is kind of a new thing. Like, it's hard to l both like and respect your coworkers, you know, like you can really respect them and like them as people, but not want to hang out with them. But like, I thought they were cool and I really wanted them to like me for sure. And not getting to work with that whole team is going to be real, real sad for me. But a good point, actually, when I was trying to decide on this job, Conrad was a great person to talk to because of his experience with Culmination and starting a new brand. And he was like, you can create the work environment that you desire. Like all these things that you love about modern times, like it's can be anywhere you know i remember uh i remember this girl who i met worked at a tap room out on the coast came in to interview for a job <laughs> and i said to her what the hell are you doing here and this was annie she walked in to interview for a production <laughs> yes. brewer position at breakside <laughs> and i was like that'd be awesome i hope you get the job blah blah, blah. and she was like do you remember because i remember this because i'll never forget it do you remember the song you listened to to hype yourself oh, before yeah. the interview. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Yes! That's it. That's it. <laughs> As well, one does. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that song, but it was also for, so I don't know if you also remember this, I asked you if it was cool if you poured me a beer while I interviewed. Because <laughs> I'm like, yes. like, I need a fucking beer. Yeah. Get, is that cool? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then I walk in, of course, Ben and Jacob each have half a pint of beer. I'm like, nail it. You sure like those were four different Jacob beers <laughs> lying around the office? Um, but yeah, what was even better was I think like in the time of me waiting for my interview, I went to go use the restroom and I ran into Natalie and she was like, dude, like, good luck. And I'm like, thank you so much. And she's like, are you nervous? I'm like, yeah, I listened to like Whitney Houston's Want to Dance with Somebody. And <laughs> as I'm walking to Ben and Jacob's office, I can hear it playing in the yes. brewery speakers. Because mm. um, you know someone went back and was like, yeah. I knew where the music was. Yeah. I'm no fool. So I'm no fool. <laughs> Whitney. So that means that opening night at Steeplejack, you know what song's going to be playing. Oh, Whitney. I think Whitney. we're going to have a nice-ass uh, playlist of all the jams mm. that are yeah. both inspiring and uh, go good with beer. So Yeah. Well, do you guys want to stick around and do Beer of the Week with us? Apparently, it's a very, very special beer. Hot I mean, damn. Brian, yeah. has, Brian has shown us, he yeah. said he it was a gift for you two that we are going to sneak our way into. Yes, he no, no, showed no, no. us the sneak. bottle and we'd like to share it. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. That sounds incredible. <laughs> so Beer of the Week next. Beers on us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And boy, do we have something special. That was a lie. Let's not mislead our audience there, Patrick. It's already Sorry. been opened. We've already had a sip. Uh, tell us what we're drinking today. Thanks to the great Brian from Lombard House. Our wonderful friend Brian Cook pulled this out of his cellar. It is the 2014 Bourbon Little Brother Bourbon Barrel Aged mm. Belgian Style Ale from the Commons. Which is a brewery I never got a chance to go to. Rest in peace. And all I've heard is great things, and I've never had a beer from there. 
So and I was very, very excited to try this. A yeah. Belgian style well, no dark. longer is it a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> a Belgian oh, style tragedy dark no more. Ale. Yeah. Aged in bourbon barrels. Fermentation produces flavors of dark fruits, toffee, and chocolate with a balanced underlying bourbon note. Mm. The Commons Brewery is located in southeast Portland, Oregon. We are inspired by European brewing tradition and northwest grown. Wow. R.I.P. And look at them now. Like, where everybody is. They're all famous now. Yeah. (laughs) They were all a bunch of peons in this tiny little place, the original location, and now they're all running stuff, and we all massively respect them. No, but also, do you guys remember, like, you couldn't go to a restaurant and not have uh, Urban Farmhouse on tap? Truth, truth. If it was was high-end. Straight up my go-to. If it was, like, a 13-table restaurant. Oh, yeah, uh, if it was, like, a $20 entree. $20 entree. Bottom dollar I'm getting. No, Urban Urban Farmhouse. Farmhouse. Every once in a while, I'd see Myrtle, and you're like, oh, change it up. I'll have a Myrtle. <laughs> oh, Doesn't yeah. go well with my $20 entree. Or like a, entree, a Flemish but... kiss, and you're like, Ooh. Ooh. So I am super curious about the tasting notes you guys get from this. Like, sure. I'm the novice here. You know, I love bourbon barrel right. beers, um, but. Well, it's 2014. You guys are the experts. Well, I'm curious yeah. as a novice. So what's your first impression of this beer? Yeah, like, you go first. If you... <laughs> Or and it, honestly, if it helps, like, okay. what would you eat it with? What would you? What does it remind you what of? What does it remind what do you, you smell of most? Yeah. Like, like if you're having trouble coming up with like. Inter- uh, okay, so smell notes, wise, you know, this happens to me sometimes where I feel like the smell doesn't match the taste at all, mm-hmm. and this one smells to me kind of like if I was in a field somewhere. Mm. Like I kind of get a little bit of like that. What time of year is it in the field? It's like spring, damn. summer. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Hell yeah. I'm getting like that question. Oh, warm, sweet, warm, <laughs> warm field. Warm grass. Like, yeah, that yeah. kind of smell. Sweet flowers. Um, yeah. And yeah, this is seven years old now, 2014. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, this is very rare that I get oh. to drink a beer that's that's this old. It tastes like it, I, it could have been bottled this year, right? Shit. In terms of like just how good it still tastes. Because well, like we had the beer from Anchor Brewing. Okay. That was the Christmas special. That was however many years yeah, old. Yeah, that was. It was horrific. Yeah, I see. Sure. Like it just hit gone oh, bad. Oh man, yeah. yeah. And that and that's was the, the one. Part. Yeah. That was the one experience I have had with aged a beer. super aged beer, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get with this, and this is delightful. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and that literally that just comes down to um, process from the commons. Uh, that you can only tell with this style of beer with these types of Belgian beers. Uh, the care that was taken from grain to glass. So you are only able to taste this beer seven years later because the team that worked there in 2014 <clears throat> cared enough to do their job right. Well, when Brian opened it, I think, Annie, you and I were on the same page. Uh, holy carbonation. Yeah. Carbonation, <laughs> carbonation is still yeah, there. You noticed sporkle. it. I noticed it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, they bottle condition, yes. They it's do, actually yeah. Yeah. They so do like, bottle condition, but yeah. you just, with that kind of, I mean, there's not a ton of, like, hard fact research of about course. aging wild ales barrel yeah. aged yes. in general 100%. They're, they're, it's still such an unknown to all of us totally. yeah. that even though the commons do do a great job with it you never know it could be a one-off oh, bottle because this is probably hand bottled it's definitely so i would i mean i would know. bet money that was, was the first thing i so. noticed from opening the beer and when brian poured it in glasses that was the first thing i noticed was the carbonation is there, and as it sits, I mean, I've still got head. We all have head to an extent. Sure. I think, too, though, um, at least, like, with my experience working with um, Todd, he's my my first, like, brewing teacher, mentor. He worked at Goose Island, and when we were working on doing our own kind of bottle conditioning, he had this kind of plethora of information on how do you guarantee bottle aging and... um, 
it's it's pretty interesting. Like I think when you do a lot of Belgians and when you're that's like your thing is making beer to last, especially Trappist styles. Um, there's a lot that's just as important of a step as all the others. Whereas like say even myself, like now if I were to bottle a beer and I was doing bottle conditioning, it would be an important step, but I wouldn't yeah. spend as much time curating that part of the process as I would say maybe my mash or my cellaring um, process or anything like that. So for Belgian made beers, the bottling and bottle conditioning process is an extended part of the cellar and it's very important. 100%. Yeah. in terms of and Annie this can speak on this because I mean yeah. all the time it's a guard and so I mean, like seriously that yeah, was she's like I know exactly firsthand what you're talking about yeah well, just one quick thing too just before sure. I forget because I was sure. doing the t- the tasting in my head while Talk, you guys were yeah, doing keep talking I'm getting some cherry Ooh. I feel like you know they said they had, there's the fruit flavor in it I'm getting like the tart fruitness in it mm-hmm. but I think I don't know if this is the style of the beer necessarily but it's it's giving me a bit of a Degard vibe, but without some of the extra sour aspect of it. 100%. Mm, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes the sours for me, I'm learning to get, Funky like, sours more. sour. Right. That's sure. the truth. Um, yeah. Amen to that. Where it gets a little bit too, like, cloying in my palate, where I'm like, whoa, that's like a warhead a little bit. Yeah. And this is right. getting cut right as that hits, and then it kind of mellows out a little bit. And a lot of yeah. times, a lot of times when really I hear... Really great balance. You yeah. know, because I've done this with some of my, my family members who don't know beer that well and I'm always curious because I taste it I get my things and I, I want to know not that you don't know beer well Mike but I'm just 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 spitballing I'm here. trying my best I always <laughs> get drinking? I always get scared when someone <laughs> says oh I get a little cherry so I'm like oh is mm. that oxidation because mm. I get in oxidation I get a cherry flavor in I, in barrel aged bottle yes. conditioned mm-hmm. beers which is um I think one of those things where that's like a very welcomed flavor yeah like, that's, that's one the of those thing. It's, like people are like when it's like cellar good yeah yeah it's an aged quality of beer is that cherry Riley wine like yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah exactly and so it what is interesting is that you are first getting that really grainy note. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about like a field and everything, like it's super grainy and warm. You can kind of get that like alcohol warmth even on the on the nose. But it doesn't really read warm when you drink it. No. Which is like a really beautiful nuanced thing about this beer. Yeah. Brian uh, Brian poured us a uh, rice lager beer back from Freem as a nod to uh, Kyle Krause over there at Freem and Shun <laughs> at Izumi Brewing, uh, who was an intern at Commons, because Brian used yum, to yum, be yum. at Commons. Oh. So a shout, a shout out to that. Yeah. A shout out to that with a little uh, Japanese rice lager, yeah. which these days, As a chaser, yeah. these Y'all, days, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I'm a Hellas drinker, staunch first mm-hmm. and foremost, as far as yellow beer goes. Mm-hmm. My yellow, sweet malty. My yellow lager for not being a sweet guy. Why I love Hellas. You love that? I have it's because no it's malty, idea. not sweet. I have no idea. And it's dry. But, and it's, I, yeah. but I love my Hellas's, but boy, the Japanese lager is coming from my heart. Drink sure. the Breakside Japanese lager with Logston. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I haven't had that yet. We, uh, yeah, so it was, oh, man, that beer itself, it's beautiful. It is so crushable, um, and it was dry hopped with some uh, Southern Hemisphere hops to kind of play off that, like, really light, bready, crispy, crackery rice body that, like, mm. you see right here, like, plainly. Um, yeah, I mean, just locks in itself since they've been able to do IPAs and things like <clears throat> lagers they've been knocking it out speaking of, of another person in the beer industry that we all just mm. undeniably love Shopi himself can't cannot talk about Mark either yeah oh that's true, <laughs> that's true. I actually had I actually had beers with Mark the other day yeah yeah I actually my saw Mark co-worker. the other day yeah I forgot he was at Logston so my my apologies Mark I forgot I you were at Logston I apologize to Mark I forgot he was at Logston and I was sitting having a beer with him and and he was like yeah we've been doing that we've been doing a lot of this lately and I was like we 
How dumb am I? <laughs> am I really dumb? I, just, I was like, oh, Logston, Logston. Yeah. Boom, got it. Bam, bam. So, so what are the lucky. tasting notes you guys are getting? Now that you put me on the spot and I feel yeah. like... No, you did a great job. I always okay. like to ask, because I mean, genuinely, like it's what nice. I taste and what you taste, you're not wrong and I'm not wrong. Like taste yeah. is all... That's what we try to talk about is yeah. everyone's palate is different. Oh, like, yeah. we, we don't particularly like hazies, yeah. but we understand people do. And we, we still have them on the podcast and try to find ones that we enjoy. Totally. And yeah. So we get that. So it's I'm curious. It's subjective. Yeah. First, first and foremost, I love the aroma of this. Mm. I think the nose is quite nice on this, especially for a beer as old it is, as it is. It, it's not it. <laughs> Ryan just said, like, the taste of oxidized memories. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? I mean, at yeah. this point, original Commons location, oxidized memories. Uh, so I, I love the nose. It, it still smells really bright to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't smell muddled. Because, like, I've had some barrel-aged stuff that has a good aroma to it, but you can tell it's a little past its prime. Yeah. Whenever we open these bottles and they still taste great now, I always go, man, I wish I had another to try in two years. Mm-hmm. But we're never, we're, we don't have time machines. Oh, you got to find find friends who who kept the little, uh, little brother mm-hmm. around just for you. But what I really like about this beer is honestly, like if I were to close my eyes and, and smell and taste it, it has really intense, like kind of orangey mm. things going on, which more remind me of uh, a Belgian golden. And then you open your eyes and it has this beautiful kind of amber color. Um, and I think that's the mark of really cool dark beers is when you're drinking with your eyes and your mouth. So like my mouth is telling me this is a light beer and like go to town. And then I look at it and it has this kind of darker, darker thing going on and I'm, I'm guessing I mean it's a it's a dark Belgian style to start and then it's obviously bourbon barrel age um I don't get a lot of bourbon however I do get a lot of barrel character I which I am like to say the same hella thing. into yeah I am all about that kind of oaky sweetness that you're getting off the finish I took a sip and after I took a sip I had like a, a little mini burp come up and I got bourbon Ooh, in that yeah I got bourbon in that but I, bourbon burps. but I don't get it a ton on the finish you definitely get good barrel character but yeah. the bourbon is so subtle mm-hmm. that I think it's kind of probably in a good way lost in amongst the flavors because mm. it's kind of conjoining a lot of stuff together, you, giving yeah. it the body it needs. Do you think if we had had this a couple of years ago, the bourbon would have been more prevalent? Would that have been something 100%. that would have changed? Potentially, so? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I well, think so. I think so. It's hard because it's like barrel character and things like bourbon and beers that are put in vessels that hold spirit that spirit doesn't go away. Like, no matter what, it's going to be there. It's just how the other uh, ingredients, like, how they round out to play off that barrel character. And I think what's happened in this case, everything else has rounded out to play off that bourbon character in Mm. such a way that it comes off as fruity to us right now. Like, cherry notes, orange notes, like... I'm get I get bourbon. I smell bourbon. So you get sure, it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, um. So Annie, do you feel like a lot of times with bourbon barrel aged beers that flavors that we're attributing to the beer might be from the barrel? Then, mm-hmm. so for instance, like I also do get like a nice kind of vanilla, sweet, vanilla sweet tobacco, mm-hmm. um, maybe a li- even a little chicory going yeah. on, which I would all for whatever reason I put that to toast barrel. Yeah. Which of course bourbons, right? Yeah. And so. I mean, th- we could also, like, argue, like, was this the first beer put in said bourbon barrel? Sure. Like, are we picking mm. up notes of, like, something else that was put there at some point? Like, some kind of clean stout, 
possibly picking up whatever sweet. Talking about reusing the barrel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So are we picking up on a fresh bourbon character? Or are we picking up on the beer that was then put in the bourbon barrel? It's barrel play is so it's so fun because you're it's like a puzzle. It's like what. What was in here, and what can I taste that was in here? At some Brian point? said they're all Buffalo Trace. Ooh, okay. Ooh, so, Annie, okay. when you approach barrel aged beers, then do you always, especially a project like this where it's going to maybe be a bolder, mm-hmm. a bolder beer, do you kind of think about that as you're doing your tasting notes? Like, what, what else could have been here? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're getting in like fresh spirit barrels, like at that point, it depends on what you want to do. Do you want to? Do you <clears> want it to be hot? Like, Ooh. do you want to taste a lot of that barrel character? Does anybody want it to be hot? Sometimes I do. Really? Yeah. Some like it hot. I mean, that's that's our, like that's Breakside Barrel Program. Like, yeah. we just got in. Remember Grandmammy, Grandpappy? Those beers were hot. Yeah, I mean, we... I don't always love the hot in bourbon, or in, in bourbon barrels. Oh, in bourbon specifically, no. However, yeah. if it's a little bit hot from, like, say, a rum barrel... Or something, I don't know, even Tequila. honestly like a little bit of hot from, gin. from Noirs or something. I don't oh. know, like when you get that little bit of like booze I guess burn. that's true. I, I would take a little hot when it comes to wine barrels. And I, I, I think mm. I've found that in rum barrels before that I've enjoyed where you kind of yeah. get that, that rum flavor really kind of kicks I just yeah. know that I don't want hot bourbon. Yeah, character. I yeah. agree because it's very powerful. Well, yeah. for whatever reason, too, I attribute hot, like especially that like kind of peppery, spicy bourbon flavor to mm. cheap bourbon. Mm. Even though that's not true, right, you know, right, like right. if you drink but bourbon it's your plain, association. Like, for whatever reason, my, that's where my brain goes. And so, uh, I think too, though, that like a little bit of hot flavor once it's above like twelve percent is nice because it reminds you that it's some some you booze have you're drinking to back it up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's boozy. It tells your brain, "Ooh, this is boozy." Yeah. Like sippity sip, you know. I kind of just want to fade into the bushes and let these two talk about the beer because I'm learning a lot <laughs> and I'm fascinated. <laughs> Homer Simpson gift. Just We're like right on else. the edge of the last yeah, I mean, <laughs> half inch. No, but it's nice because we have talked about everything from like the grain to, I mean, we haven't really talked about yeast character yet. Like if we want to get super nerdy about it. <laughs> Ooh, um, Go for it. I... I'm, I'm confused, <laughs> honestly. Right, because well, also, like, as it warms up, it is much more chocolatey than I remember. Yeah, I, I mean, get think, lactose. Think about in a, like, um, not, like, in a like a Hershey chocolate way, but in a, like, not baker's chocolate, not, like a not, kid, so not kid's candy chocolate, but, like, in that kind of mid-tier sort of well, chocolate. Well, I mean, it, it's important to... It's Which is a, cool. It's important to acknowledge, you know, and I, I think we're all on the same page. From 2014, this beer just in the glass has gone through three different iterations mm-hmm. in terms of it being fresh, it's mm. settling out, and it warming up. Yeah. Being in this bottle, I mean, Brian knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff, but who knows, did he, you know, if he got it in 2014, <laughs> you know, True. what's the temperature of his cellar? What's, you know, yeah, did he yeah. get it room temperature? Did he get it fresh off the line? You know, like, this beer yeah. has probably seen 14 to 20 different, Flavor profiles in and its seven-year so lifespan, cool which is wild, it. and like, what's beautiful, like, yeah, fucking treasure about beer is, yeah, yeah it's true. Actually, like, so, I, so I guess, like, anecdotally, like, the very first time I ever had KBS, um, Kentucky Bourbon Stout, my so Todd Britt, my old teacher, founders, friend, he had bought some back when he lived in Chicago, like back in the frat house and stuff. And then he like lived in his parents' kitchen above their stove for a couple years. And then oh, he moved it out to Portland. Idea. Oh, and then he, so he <laughs> gave it to me. He was like, 
yo, I don't know if this is going to be any good. It's probably shit, but also, like, would you like one? And I was like, absolutely, I would. Thank you very much. And it was actually, like, incredible. It was delicious. Sitting over the stove. It was wild. But then, like, he said he had his, and he said it was, like, not that great and stuff, but then he had another one that was pretty good. So I think it's also, you know, bottle to bottle. Oh, wow. So each one is a precious treasure that we all get to experience. But um, I also think think I really like about this is how kind of jammy it is. I get this like kind of distinct like warm raspberry jam thing going on, uh, which is pretty tight. That was a bourbon burp. I apologize. Well, there you and go. Delicious bourbon, bourbon coming up. Yeah, and so it still has like a good amount of sweetness too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we keep getting that. <sighs> this beer is so crazy. 2014 yeah. Bourbon Little Brother Bourbon Barrel Aged Dark Belgian Style Ale from the Commons Brewery, which Ooh. no longer exists. Oh. Hey, so what? What uh, is the beer of the week? Annie, what were you doing in 2014? 2014, so I graduated college you? in 2012. Oh, I had just moved to Portland. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, and I was actually probably working at Belmont Station. Oh. Probably. So you could have uh, been a So I was probably drinking this yes. and just like in awe of Being Portland like, beer. oh, this beer's all right. Yeah, feeling hypnotized These by the Portland guys, beer scene. I, the 20 I think they do all right stuff. 2014 oh, beer scene. Kind of into it. It was like when I remember one of my first weeks was uh, Pucker Fest at Belmont Station. Ooh. So if you don't know what that is, it's Sour Beer Week. Um, and at the time, it was when sour beer was, like, near and far. It wasn't something that, like, every brewery had it's done before a few Pesh of. Before Pesh Fest. Yeah. yeah. Farmhouse kind of, Ale Fest. Kind of yeah, so they brought on, like, Cantillon, Tilkin, um, and then just, like, domestic stuff like New Guerris at the time, some Hill Farmstead kegs. Mm. Um, and I remember Breakside had just released Passion Fruit Sour. Oh, shit. So I remember. The kettle sour to end all kettle sours. <laughs> yeah, That's wild, yeah. I remember Bill. Building up those end caps of passion fruit sour, and here I am brewing, making all of it. The yeah, passion fruit sour. <laughs> I remember like very carefully like listening to Ben Edmonds' podcast and like reading mm. his like like interviews and articles, trying to figure out how to kettle sour. It's all that. La- <laughs> it's about the lactose. It was, but it was one of those things where yeah, it was like so foreign to me, and so I was just like trying to figure it out, and it's I was like so scared. Wart. You like, got to get that sour wart tank yeah, dialed oh, in. Oh yeah, and then like gotta yeah, get it keep in. it hot, keep it hot. <laughs> like especially Forget about especially. It yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Has someone checked on this oh, see, lately? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a uh, especially like in the kettle or in the the pub environments I was in. I was like, how do they keep it clean though? Like that was the biggest thing. Is I was like, uh, how? And then I like saw a better put together brewery, and I was like, oh shit, that's how. You know. And so yeah, it's true. What about you? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. I was Where here for a couple of years. I just okay. moved to Beaverton. <coughs> I lived downtown for two years when I first moved here, Where you and. Come? Uh, New Jersey. Dude. Oh, shit. Connecticut. Oh, I'm from Connecticut. There you Hi. go. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> Back on the microphone. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey originally, and I moved out here, and I was still obsessed with Deschutes because it was the first brewery I went yeah. to when I came Hell here. Hell yeah. And you should be. Blackview Porter was the first beer I had oh. where I went, oh, my God. I like beer now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. all I had was Yingling. Was that the up. first beer you had where you were like, I like beer now? Yep, it oh, was. hell yeah. Because we had Yingling in college. I went to Syracuse sure, in New okay. York. I have no idea what Yingling is. Uh, it is the oldest brewery in the country. <laughs> I don't know the, shit. I don't know shit, guys. The oldest. <laughs> they, are still technically, they are still technically independently craft brewery. Yep. They are the number one independently owned craft brewery in America. Bless them. I've never had it, and now I'm going to find it. I've never had and one Brian either. says female run for many years. Yeah, ladies. Hot damn. Um, so all I knew was Yingling, and damn. I would go to restaurants, and I was like, hey, what's your best beer? Oh, we have Blue Moon. 
Ooh. And so like, I would have Blue Moon, and then, of course, I drank a lot of Keystone Light at Syracuse, so that was fun. Yeah, had a boy. But, uh, yeah, I moved here, and Deschutes was a great place to go, and I had the Blackview Porter and went, oh. Y'all, Deschutes is still a good place Who to go. Who made this? John Harris. John Harris. John yep. Harris. Yep. <laughs> and that and was, was wintertime, too, quick, and there's this thing called Jubilee. I was quick, in quick, the night, too. <laughs> that, was, that was 2014 for me. It was, it was like the beginning of my love for craft beer. Oh, uh, for me, believe it or not, I'm one of the few people that's actually from here. Hey. <laughs> hey, look at that. Look at that. Portland uh, specifically or just the, the uh, glorious I, I grew PNW. up in Vancouver, but, uh, well, I'm Close from enough. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I grew up in Vancouver. He's from Spokane. Uh, but my, but <laughs> I was born in Spokane. I lived there till I was 11 and then grew up in Vancouver. Word. But my parents brought us over here all the time. And I, after college, I went to Washington State. After college, I taught for a little bit. And kind of danced around the Palouse for a little bit. Lived in Seattle for a touch. I got back here in 2013, and I'd already been well-versed in craft beer because I'd worked in bars. Cool. And I'd been buyers. Yeah. And so I was exposed to the the Georgetowns and Elysians yes. at a young age. Oh. And Deschutes, obviously, the first Mac beer I... The f- so oh that God. means you got to have that <laughs> delicious taste of the very first batch yeah. of uh, the Jimi Hendrix uh, beer. Yes. Uh, super fuzz. Super fuzz. We'll take oh, a hard back. pass on that. Uh, back, but back in the day. My first... My first... <laughs> Uh, legally purchased beer my father bought for me was a mirror pond. Oh, um, another Deschutes. Deschutes. To the Deschutes. Uh, but by 2014, but by 2014, I already been back for a year, and I'd been kind of dancing around. And I'll just leave it at this. In 2014, I lived in St. John's, where we are currently, and I was I was my partner and I lived together at the time. And she had some work friends and said, "Hey, they want to go uh, do some breweries by their by their neighborhood." Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds awesome. I'm really into beer. I can't I can't wait. At the time, I only drink hoppy pale ales and IPAs. That's all I drink. I don't oh, hi. I don't I don't care about anything else. I think that's also like a flavor of the time though. And you know? and like, we meet them and peak. we meet them and I walk into this place where there's tanks everywhere. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're in a brewery. And there's <laughs> barrels everywhere. <laughs> and I walked up to the draft list and I looked at the draft list and they had like 12, 13 beers on, and I looked and I said what am I doing here? I don't, all these beers sound terrible. <laughs> I was at Commons. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was at the original Commons, and I ended up just saying, I'll, can I? That was a curveball. I, I thought like, you were going to say you were at, like, a, like a sour house or something. Or no, like, no, we went to Cascade later. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I just kind of went to the bartender, and I was like, I like IPAs, what do you suggest? And they were Help like, me, sir. They were like, well, it probably was, I was Brian. He's like, well, what, what do you oh. like about IPAs? And I was like, bitterness. <laughs> so I just got out in the hop wars. Oh, that yeah. yeah. So they poured me something, and I was like, oh, Sticky. I'm never going to have this beer again, but this is okay. There you go. That's me, I'm 2014. Never, where were you in 2014? And then you asked the question oh, shit. to wrap it up. Uh, I was, gonna say, I like, was actually literally, I asked that question this last, this little bit i've been scrambling to figure out like where was i in 2014 uh so 2014 i had just moved to bozeman montana Ooh. um i had gotten my first little little snack I some of the craft in beer industry in central washington and snack with two c's of course yeah. exactly <laughs> central and washington some like iron horse brewing yeah, yeah oh that was my up? business I, Irish I lived death? In a, that's where you got your style oh, love i got that style <laughs> love Irish from death. my very irish mother <laughs> but I uh, you guys definitely can't see her hair, drank all that shit. It's very obvious. <laughs> the wasps are attracted to oh, her Oh, it's hair. hella orange. I've been batting them away all day. But um, no, so I had I decided that I wasn't going to keep doing the river thing. I'd finished school. 
didn't want to be a translator or anything, and I was not going to go into uh, private behavior, so I was like, what do I do next? I'll get a job bartending. It's good money. And, but I'd really been looking at either going and getting uh, into plumbing or trying to figure out how to make some sort of uh, multimedia art studio situation work. Um, plumbing, my mom, beer, same thing. Yeah, plumbing, uh, multimedia art studio, yeah, same thing. Yeah, and so I was looking for something that was like work and art all together, and I got this job at this little pub in uh, central Washington, loved it. The The older dudes that worked there owned like a gun shop upstairs and the brewery downstairs, and it was classic central Washington. So I moved to, to Montana thinking like, I'll get a job right away. You know, I've got spark and I can I can already do it so like I, I can get a job and I just had no luck um, I washed dishes at a brewery actually as a side job because I worked in a ski shop just in retail and uh, was trying to ski a lot and all that but um, so not drinking little brother no, no. it was tragically not <laughs> until uh, 20 the summer of 2016 is when I moved to Portland yeah I, I think 16. This year, because this year will be my, actually, embarrassingly enough, this will be my fifth year anniversary of being an actual big boss brewer, not a uh, keg washer or sad brewer or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so I think it was 2016. Not until 2016 that I moved to Portland. So Commons was already a, a thing, and I went there. So and you are the glorious. newest of all of us. Uh, genuinely, yes. Yep. Yeah. Although I am also from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I was born in the Tri-Cities. Which but uh, in, well, I was <coughs> born um, and, and lived in Richmond. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Steeple, uh, Steeplejack Brewing opening July, hopefully, this summer. That's the idea. Northeast we'll Broadway. Anna Buxton, Annie Avilas, thank you guys so much. This has been thank a fantastic you. episode. So yep. And uh, download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. We already did all the admin stuff in the beginning. So uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be in Pacific City. We're live on location Doing a a takeover episode for Pelican Brewing. Oh, hot damn. For their 20th anniversary, Darren (laughs) is going to sit down with us, and we're going to chat Pelican of 20 years. Yep, so that's next week. So make sure you tune in, and uh, we'll see you guys then. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Y'all definitely come see us. Please. Please, please, please. 14. Tell us what you want.